Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to episode 117 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And I'm Jay Duke. And we're recording this episode from Match Eatery and Public House at Starlight Casino. Thanks again for them for hosting us. Yeah, it's a great place to come out to if you want to enjoy a little bit of food, nice little sports bar atmosphere, and then win your life's fortune in the casino next door. That's what we've done, so we're going to wrap this last ever podcast up, I think. (laughs) I'm thinking ahead, that's what we're going to do afterwards. So, this is the second of our bi-week roundtables. Whitecaps not in action again until this coming Saturday against New York Red Bulls. Game three of a five-game road stretch. Which hasn't been so bad. Looked like it was going to be a bad start, but it's turned around after the win in LA. And by the time that they finish this road stretch and head back to Vancouver on July 12th, the MLS transfer window will be in full effect. That's the first thing we're going to kick this round table off by talking about. Looking at the the Whitecaps team as it stands just now, do you think there needs to be new faces brought in? And who needs to go? Who should go? And who may go that we don't want to go? Let's start with Jay. Well, I I don't think that we'll see any movement. Um, well, Robbo has said, but we're obviously talking hypotheticals. But uh, so let's play along, Jay. I, 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 <laughs> if you would have just let me get to it, okay. Good. I I don't think anything. It, the thing is, if somebody, if we want to bring somebody in, we're going to have to move somebody out. Yeah. So, and I could see, Robinson will always say, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not shopping guys. Of course he's going to say that. But you know that if they're, he's also said in the past that, you know, if somebody, everybody is, there's a price for everybody. Yeah, if somebody inquires about somebody. Exactly. He's always open to to discuss. So, um, I I could see a couple of those fringe players moving. Um, Guys, guys like uh, Hurtado, guys like Maddox. Um, I, I, it seems that Robinson really likes Maddox more than I do, but just because of his wage, if someone did come calling, it would be an easy person to move to, to free up a roster spot and a, and a bunch of money. I could also see a guy like uh, Ethan Sampson uh, being sent somewhere if they want to pick somebody up, just because it seems to me that he's fallen down the depth chart completely. 
uh, and that, that Parker's picked up his backup right back spot. So those those are some of the guys I could see being moved. I really don't see much happening at all in the in the ways of departure. What's what's one position you would like to see uh, brought in? Like, no, no, obviously not a player, but what position do you think would needs to be improved and where? It's mostly depth all all around. Uh, I, I I would like to see, especially with the potentially Waston being gone for Gold Cup. We, we're not sure if the you know rosters aren't, but he's on the he's kind of on the cusp of being a. Uh, Costa Rica guy you know and then if Betashers he's had some injury problems and with with Sam out injured right now we're kind of we're, we're shy on the back end there I, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe a backup right back be brought in um, I for also Samson. sorry for Samson for Samson yeah, yeah if, if you were to move Samson you don't think Parker could do that job or would you, would you but they might need him for right back I, but if Waston goes they might need him at centre back too I, I do I do think that, that Parker can can fill, but I I think that's probably it for him. I, I I like Parker better as a center back. He does have the wheels, like man, he, the the kid can move. He's he's real quick. But so if, if all you're talking about is one game, sure, can it wait till January? Yeah, that, that's fine. But I I don't really think that there's many positions on the Whitecaps that that you can fill with a sixty to ninety thousand dollar acquisition so uh, other than that you're moving somebody big which you're we're guessing at that point because it's whether or not there's somebody from Europe who wants one of the 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 good players before I share my thoughts I think if our good friend Slamo was here one thing he would challenge you on Jay is is Maddox's salary versus his worth in, in his production but that's I think I think I think what well, he's Slamo's not here, so he no, can stuff it. But I, but I think I think that that's I think that's that's one point. But I think for me, when you're talking about transfers, uh, uh, you know, what do things look like in the, in the future? I think one of the um, one of the the, the the sad things or unfortunate things is as your your best players play well, uh, especially in a league uh, a continuing a continuing to develop league like like MLS, as your best players play well one of the potential outcomes of that is that you lose them. So as we talk about, you know, who are best... Camilo! <laughs> well, let's, let's not... Okay, let's not go down that road. But, um, or fully anyways. But, no, is, yeah, is, is what, what's going to happen? So you look at players who have, uh, who have performed well for us and have uh, value on the, on, the, on the transfer market. And it goes to that spine that I think maybe we talked about it on the last podcast or whatever, but... Uh, so you talk about Octavio Rivera, who's I think I don't know if it was you, Michael. You talked about talked about that maybe on another podcast about interest in him and him looking to what what is next. Like this is a part of uh, a step on uh, on his journey in football. It's a step on his journey, but he has to perform to totally. get to that next totally. step, and he hasn't done that. Like if he kept up that start to the season, we would probably have lost him at the end of the season. Yeah, so, we still might if still he turns might. it on. Exactly. But folk want strikers that score, not just put in a, a hard shift. Yeah. So I think he is a potential for that. I think then you go to Matias Laba, who you know there's rumblings of, uh, you know even like yeah, Düsseldorf, yeah, was Fortuna it? Düsseldorf from the second Bundesliga. Do even know where that came from actually? Yeah, someone. Found I think it was link. something on Twitter or yeah. something. I don't think there was a link to an article or anything like that. Oh, I think there was. Was there? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then um, and then Kendall Watson at the back. So you look at our core players who have who have who have performed well or. Uh, are performing well, and I think though those are players that you, we have to be at least somewhat aware that people might be inquiring about them, and if the price is right, 
they might they might be moved on. Now, if one of those kind of pieces is moved, obviously we're talking about a major shift yeah. in our team and, and, and acquiring someone of significance to replace them. In terms of the probably what's most likely to come this season, you know, based on things that you know you've heard Michael from, uh, and shared on, on previous podcasts or whatever about uh, us probably not making big moves because we're at the the, the limit uh, in terms of the player numbers and I think international spots and yeah. international spots cap. were like right up there. So we're salary cap. Like Jason like getting rid of Samson frees up a spot and an international but, spot. So but I mean no, that makes a lot of sense. But do we know where we are cap wise? I mean no, well, one we don't really know knows, anything because no. they haven't finalized the, the CBA. Yeah, okay. and They'll never tell us. June. So, and we don't know we don't know anything, and there's all these rumblings about a fourth designated player, a core designated player. Well, L- LA just recently like just came out that LA is going to sign Ronaldinho. Yeah, and then that's going to be a fourth. He'll, he'll be on like 140,000 oh, or something so? if he goes okay. to LA. Yeah, well, this is all these work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, and they get a job at Herbalife. <laughs> Answering phone calls, <laughs> and uh, but no, but so then you, yeah, you would look to say who are those guys who are not who haven't made a breakthrough in the team like you're talking about Jay, like haven't haven't made so you you know you look at a guy like Eric Hurtado who like needs to be playing really at this point in his career. But he's um, also cheap as chips, so getting rid yeah, of him exa- doesn't yeah. right. do a lot domestic. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I I only see those kind of players moving in and out. Those players who are not fully first team players. Um, and yeah, what, what do we get in return, or, or what what are we going to do with that that space and that money? Is like if you question. want to if you want to free up spots and make some money, the players that you want to get not necessarily want to get rid of, but the players that would draw that money in would be someone like Kofi, mm-hmm. who is a, admired elsewhere in the league. And Carroll has challenged him, but you need to be more consistent. And then he can't be more consistent because then he doesn't play the next game in Montreal. So that's tough for a guy like him, but. We've had a moan before about like he's not consistent enough, but he, he other people in the league value him, so there's yeah. a chance that could move on. Manny as well is not as good, I feel, as the rest of MLS think he is because they only see him in these big games. Like we mentioned in the last podcast, he's a big time player against Seattle, fantastic against LA, fantastic. You then start him in some of the lesser games, and he's not as good. He's a good numbers guy too. Like he, he produces a lot of uh, shots, a lot of chances, a lot of he he's, he seems to always be high on the lists when a lot of flash when those guys are doing the you yeah. know uh, per ninety chances created. Mane's very good at, at that at that kind of stuff because he's in that super sub role a lot of the time. So I, it, it, it's understandable why people are so interested in him. The one guy I agree with, the, the one guy that I think um, would bring a lot in and free up money and a spot uh, is Darren Maddox. I think I agree with Jay. I think that would be the player that you would send out, but you have to bring somebody to replace him and then bring in whoever else you wanted to bring in uh, somewhere or, else. Or, 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 or Caleb Clark takes that spot and moves up to depth. And, and you also have Rob, Robert Earnshaw, who has got one of the highest goals per 90 minutes right now in MLS because he's only played seven minutes and scored a goal in that. Um, the the, the so one Robert who? Robert who? Robert Earnshaw. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, he's on the team, apparently. Um, so the one uh, one player who I think might be moving, who probably no, nobody might expect, is Christian Dean. Um, he's been, obviously, he got Cobb, Austin, and Rodriguez in front of him. I think Parker's moved ahead of him, too. Um, there's some young guys in WFC, too, that might be ahead of him uh, soon, or they like. Yeah, Christian Dean, I think, could be a guy that moves... The one position I'd like to see upgraded, especially if a player like Laba has moved on, is to bring a player who's a playmaking, like a deep playing playmaker. 
um, who can spread the ball out and, and maybe connect with Morales more. Um, maybe you have like if, if La, say like you said Laba goes uh, moves on you, Tiber might be your starter Kofi might be your starter at that one spot the other spot be, might be a, like a, a a playmaker who can play like a defensive role and a playmaker role and get the ball up to Morales faster who can, doesn't have to drop back to pick up the ball anymore so that's well, that's one spot I would like to see obviously the wide areas too which I've been harping on for three years now I don't think he'll move Dean on. I think it's better for Dean if he does move on, and Dean does have value, especially because he's been playing internationally with the USU 23s. And got rave reviews in England yeah, too. But Robbo wants to carry those five centre backs, and yeah. that's that's the thing. With the fact that Waston might be away for the Gold Cup, Kaz Older could go down with an injury. Diego's shown that he's an injury prone person. Who knows if yeah. Parker starts to do well, he could get called up to the US under yeah. 23. Pan Am games or, or whatever I, I just can't see Dean going the, the position I would like us to bring in is a pointless position because I'd like us to bring in another striker and I don't think there's any point in bringing in another striker because he's not going to get minutes so you're going to bring in a lower striker it would be lower money than Matic so at least it would be that but Matic does at least get some goals but why why are we worried about bringing in another striker when we have a decent one who has hasn't gotten more than seven minutes all year. Robert Earnshaw is a is oh, a capable yeah. MLS starting forward. It, it, you don't want to rely your whole team on on, but we're not. Yeah. I'm so not how sure is he not be, being used? But he might not even still be here because if he isn't being used, if I was him, I'd be like, you know, I'm just going to go back to England. Get a job with a championship team, be close to family and friends. Otherwise, what's the point of being here? You have to wonder what was sold to him when he yeah. when he was originally, and maybe maybe because he had that long training stint here, you wonder if maybe there wasn't as many people biting on his services as, as he was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, but but you he'll, have to he'll, think he'll get his chances now with Maddox gone for two months, and with the, with the busy busy schedule coming up as well in, in August. He'll be needed. But one position which definitely doesn't need any upgrade is that of goalkeeper. So we discussed in the last episode how good David Usted has been. We've also talked about how Octavio Rivera is sometimes on an island. Mm-hmm. So what we then did is we actually put David Usted on an island and asked him for his Desert Island Discs. Have you ever heard of this, this show? It's a UK thing called Desert Island Discs. No. Right. Basically, it's a half-hour show, but we, they ask people, like, if you were stranded on a desert island, oh, yeah. what would be the one book you would take, what would be the one piece of music you would take, okay. and what would be your luxury item that it couldn't help you escape, but it would help living on that island be yeah. a little bit more comfortable. Okay. So we, I saw the piece this week on the Whitecap site. Um, you're a keen writer, and you're, we know you're a keen reader. We, we did a teammates thing and a lot of the players, they had said that you were the most intelligent guy in the team. But I think that was because you had a book under your arm. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that was yeah, the thing yeah. that, yeah. it's that it or glasses usually is the thing. <laughs> but but if, you could, if you were stuck on a desert island and you could only have one book with you, what, what would it be? Would you go for an anthology? Would you go for a motivational piece? Um, I think I would go for 
uh, just a good read, something that could keep me entertained and I could read again and again and again uh, without getting bored if I'm if I'm on that island for a couple of years. And uh, I think the the trilogy that can follow it, uh, written about um, the whole World War One, World War Two. Uh, it's called. Um, oh, is it end of the world? It's called. Um, it's it's a it's a great book. Uh, and and I, I read that actually a couple of times already, but it's just a fantastic read. Every time you read it, you, you find some some new details. Uh, what about a piece of music? What one piece of music would you love to have? There could be a whole album. Could be just the one song, or the one song would probably get a bit repetitive. So maybe a whole yeah. album. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really into Mumford and Sons right now. I listen to that a lot. Uh, so uh, if I could did, bring. Did you like them before they came and trained with the team, or did you? I wasn't here when they came and oh. trained, and I was actually really uh, yeah disgusted that I didn't uh, get to see that. So <laughs> I've asked the, the club to get them back. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've I've listened to them uh, for for a couple of years now, and. Uh, I, I love their album, um, you know, and I can't even pick an album. Uh, I've just listened to their new album uh, coming out now, uh, and it's they're all really they're really good. And what would be your one luxury item? Couldn't help you escape, but it would make living there all the better. Um, I would bring my pillow. Uh, yeah, That's I, a good one. <laughs> I've got a fantastic pillow at home that I just I can't sleep without. So whenever I'm home, uh, that's my uh, go-to pillow. Uh, if I could bring that, that would be uh, that would make make it easier to sleep. And you'd bring that on the road with you, or no? I don't. Know. No, no, no. I, I only have it at home, but uh, yeah, it's my it's my favorite pillow. I had that for a lot of years now. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, David. Okay. Thanks for your time. So that was David Ousted's Desert Island Discs there. Interesting choices. Yes. Now before we, we heard from David Ousted, we talked about the busy August that is coming up. And it certainly is a busy August. We're still waiting for the, the Champions League fixtures. Maybe they're, they're going to be out by the time that this podcast comes out. But potentially nine games in August, definitely eight, in three competitions. CONCACAF Champions League. Oh, that's Cascadia Champions League. Yeah, it seems like it. Voyager's Cup. And of course, good old MLS, our bread and butter. So, uh, the three competitions running through the year, you got, uh, like, like, like you said, first of all, the Champions League. We're, we drew in with uh, the Honduras team. Tegucigalpa. Voyager's Cup should come first. Olympia. And then uh, Seattle. Those are the two teams we got to go against. Everybody was like, uh, Buell, more Buell for everybody. Um, is, is that what, like, what are you guys' thoughts on that drawing in with Seattle? Obviously, nobody's going to go to Honduras because nobody wants to die. So, well, wait, wait. if you listen to... Yes, I listen to If you listen to episode 115, I spoke to Honduran referee Melissa Borjas. Yeah, she's a family. And she's a lovely place. Family, bring your family. family. She said, bring your family. <laughs> I mean, I don't like kids, so I'll bring your kids with me if you want to answer. Um, but she said it's a lovely place, lots of good places to eat. So you're just spreading vicious rumours, Steve. Yeah. I'm just reading what I see on Twitter. No, yeah, I, we're, we're looking to connect with Johnny too. To, uh, I've, been, I've been to Tegucigalpa before. It is, it is nothing to write home about. It's not worth going. No, but it's worth going because our club is playing a football match there. I, I still wouldn't go. No. <laughs> <laughs> under, under so, the, okay, so it's under the right circumstances, I'll go. Get, get back to the Champions League. How do you guys feel about that group? And how, the, group the group of F. I mean, what, what was your first thought when you saw that we got Seattle? Was it joy? Was it disappointment? 
Well, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Like, like you, I think, said on the last podcast or a couple podcasts ago, Michael. It's crappy because we play them all the time. But it's great because we will be able to have, uh, hopefully, a significant yeah. number of traveling supporters. All these, uh, all these people on social media who are like, oh, we play this team all the time. Who cares? We want to win this thing. Like, and we, look at, we and look at our team all the time. Exactly. Look at our record away to Seattle in midweek games. 1-0 and 4-1 in the last two years. Let's go do it again. Let's do it. We haven't done... No, we did it, I think, on Wednesday night. But let's go do it again. Like, who cares? Like, it's like complaining about something you don't control, right? We don't control the, the bags, the money bags at CONCACAF. We don't control those things. The draw happened, whatever. Let's just suck it up and let's go win. Yeah, stop blaming Marianne. I prefer Gabby. I, I, uh... If I'm Robinson, I'm happy with the draw because it means less travel for them as well. Like, if, if you were to draw... Club America and Honduras, man, those are two long trips to take to take care of. Or even worse, if it's not Mexico City, because then he can't fly direct. So, so in the end, they actually didn't do do too badly because they can beat both of those teams as well. It, I, I, it's tough. It, it's tough to beat a team like Club America or one of the the, the big Mexican sides. So, the Whitecaps are probably happy. As a fan, I'm not sure if we're going to get out of the group stage anyway. I don't think the Whitecaps are going to be playing their all, all their first teamers. So I think playing Olympia is not a terrible team. Uh, so that will be tough, always tough in Tegucigalpa. And uh, of course, you never know what will happen against the Sounders. So it's very realistic to say that we won't even get out of the group. So from a, from a fan perspective, I'm a little disappointed because I would have liked to see that home game against the Mexican club. Um, see what the atmosphere is like. See what the because you know there'd be some traveling supporters who would, oh, no, would be there. Oh, there'd be some Mexican girls there. That'd exactly, delighted me. And, and it would have been a, it would have been a great event for me as a fan. But for the club, you have to think that they're pretty happy with how this worked out. I mean, we kind of covered it the last time, so we won't say too much more on that. But now that we've, we've had a little bit of time for it to sink in, I, I'm excited for it because we are going to get to see two games at BC Place and a game at Seattle. So we're going to see half of the Whitecaps Champions League live in, in person. And yeah. I mean, that's going to be great because who, who knows when we're going to qualify for it again. And it doesn't hurt that they don't have to travel that, that much for that one extra, that one game or else they would have to travel down to Latin America. That, that takes up miles, right? I'll tell you when we're going to qualify for it again. This year when we win the Voyagers Cup. So let's talk about so the Voyagers Cup. So that brings us nicely to that. <laughs> do you think we're going to do it? So how do we match up against the Impact? Are going to beat those pesky Frenchies? How do we match up against the Impact in this year? Is it a positive? We lost to them early, uh, just a couple weeks ago. How do, they, how, do we, how do you think it matches up this well, week? Well, I think, I think the game in, in Montreal, um, yeah, a week and a half ago, or two week, a week ago, whatever it was, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I think that, had that been the first leg of the Voyager's Cup, I think it's not great, but it's, it's, it's definitely got an away goal, which is a great thing. And it was, I think, a bit of a microcosm of some of many of our matches this year, where we created a number of chances where, had we taken them, we'd be laughing. Right, Jay? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think that the effort was good enough in Montreal. I, I think that that perhaps they said, "Hey, this is not a very good Montreal team," and uh, took them for granted. Maybe they took them for granted a little. So maybe it's good that they now, when they go in for the Voyagers Cup final, they can go and say, "Hey, these guys that beat us last time we came here." We're going to need to pull out all the stops. 
to get a good result. Uh, and I, I do think the Whitecaps match up well. I, I, I don't have a lot of respect for, for uh, Montreal's team. I, I think that they have one really good attacking player in Piatti and they have one really good defender in Simon. And I think uh, the rest are kind of are uh, just small bits to a puzzle that doesn't quite work together. So I think too that that game that game had that been a Voyager's Cup final, it would have ended one one because there's no way we would have kept on pressing yeah. forward and, and left a gap. Yeah. And, and after making that substitution of taking out the second shield, the, the winning goal was created by Laba playing like we had a, someone else with him, yeah. going all the way to sideline, leaving that huge, massive space that Piaki ran into. I, I actually, the way that things have worked out this year has made me change. I start now to think I wish that we were at home in the first leg. Because it seems to be that if you're at home in the second leg and if it's still tight, when you get that away goal, it changes the whole dynamic. It does, yeah. And that's how Montreal basically got to the Champions League final, in that they went to these places. Not basically, and the other, they Yeah, the other teams were pushing, and then they got the away goal, and it just made the, the opposition's job harder. The, the two favourite words in Montreal this year have been away goals, or away goals rule, three words. So if you're looking at the three competitions, and we'll come to MLS in a bit, where do you rank the importance in playing your key personnel? Because they're not going to play all eight or nine games, all, all the regular starters. So do you put priority in winning the Voyager's Cup and qualifying for next year's Champions League? Do you put priority on this year's Champions League that we're already in? Or do you just focus primarily on the league and treat these other two things as just I, bonuses? I think you, you, have, you, you have to see what it looks like, what, what your point totals are on the table when you're coming into August. To be able to, to really say that, if if you if you're still top of the league, you can maybe you know afford to lose a, a game that you wouldn't have wanted to if you were struggling to make the playoffs. Uh, but in reality, I, I, I you know that the Whitecaps are going to favor the league more because that's what the the club wants. I, I don't think that they're going to. I think that the the Concacaf Champions League they're going to play. A lot of their second teamers, and I think we're going to get a bit of a mixed bag for the for the Voyagers Cup. And that ideally, this is that's what I'd like to see. I would like to see them not play all their first teamers in the league, and then try and you know run a couple of them for an extra game on the Wednesday and fill. I'd like to see just one or two or three guys come out, or one or two or three new guys go in, and and through August really just rotate the squad rather than what they've been doing, which is six on six off. Half the half the squad, and then you lose all that chemistry. I'd like to see them take one or two or three guys off per game and rotate them through, so you have more or less. Not you never have your first eleven, but you're going to have pretty close almost every single game. Because I think they have the depth for it this year. I think there's some good points in there, Jay. I think for me, as a football club, we we want to be winning trophies, and I think we need I think we need to win the Voyagers Cup this year. I agree with Jay in terms of yeah the the context when we get to those matches will play obviously a big role in that, but I think that uh, we need to August twelfth is a huge a huge date. I'm not sure that that they'll play a, a full first quote unquote first team on that uh, the way leg in Montreal, but I think they definitely will depending on depending on that result they will in the second leg because they know they need they need to win this. Uh, I think for you can say oh is it really important to the fans supporters people in the city. 
Well, a lot of people don't care about things that they've never won or that they don't fully understand. And one of the ways that you help them understand and appreciate it more is by winning it. And that needs to happen this year. And it, we it, need to win the Voyager's Cup. And the, and the positive thing about the Voyager's Cup, and I, that would be my highest ranked one, is because it's only two games. CCL's four games in the group, and then you also have um, the MLS regular season, which is a lot of games. They can get those wins right now in July and, and worry about the, the games in August and, and, and pick them up again later. And the, the Voyager's Cup is starting to become a bit of the elephant in the room amongst the club, it seems. And it's like, it, it's been one of those things that they just can't win no matter the circumstances. And they've had all these opportunities. It, it, it's You'd think that at one point the club will want to go, okay, guys, go out, play, win this thing, play all your starters. For me, I think they will play a weak team in the first leg of the Voyagers Cup and they'll try and do what they've just done in Montreal and if they lose 1-0 or by one goal, they'll be happy with that. Winning the Voyagers Cup at least gives them a trophy in silverware, whereas Champions League doesn't guarantee them anything, the playoffs in MLS doesn't guarantee them anything. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. So the last bit of this kind of trifecta of tournaments that we have is MLS itself. Yeah, the, the, the run to the playoffs... Uh are, is the, the, the busy August, the Voyagers Cup, the Champions League, is that going to affect the MLS, the playoffs, the run to the playoffs? Obviously, they've been away for so long. It's like helter-skelter. They're like away for like a month. They're back for a month. Is that, are those factors going to affect their run to the playoffs and, and, and maybe hurt them? Because it is a tough Western Conference this year. Yeah, I, I mean, you have to think that playing that much on the road uh, and uh, there's there's still some guys who are probably like Octavio and Diego Rodriguez who are not used to this kind of travel so um, you know it, you have to think that so many games in such a tight timeline and, and even when you look at just what happened with the the most recently with going to Montreal and then to LA it's like they got what did they get one training session in that week like it, it, yeah so <laughs> There's no time to work on anything that that you want to work on. You're you're just kind of recovering and reminding players about you know the tactics you want to deploy for the for the next game. So that stretch is going to be so difficult. Maybe it'll be a good thing because the Whitecaps have kind of always had that end of summer little bumpy patches and stuff like that. So you know maybe this will be a chance for the Whitecaps to to keep going and keep keep their form high. And does the away factor, maybe it helps them because they bond a little bit better together on the road? Well, yeah, Rob always said that. Yeah. I, I think you asked the question, you know, how do the, the congested schedule affect the MLS play? And I think hopefully a positive effect. Yeah. I think we win the Voyager's Cup. We perform well in the Champions League. I think these things spur us on in the league. They spur, you know, uh, winning is a habit, you know? Like, and so as, as we do this, as, as we achieve these things, hopefully it spurs us on to achieve even more. Sure, fatigue, all this, whatever, they're issues. But I think... It's a the, deeper squad than they've ever had before in other league years. Yeah, yeah. Without, without a doubt. I, I have concerns about the depth, and I think we've seen that against Montreal, but you'd also seen it when they dropped down to WFC2 level. Yeah. And like today. I, I, yeah. Like today's like, recording. The, yeah, yeah, I mean, seven MLS guys starting, not one of them, Marco Carducci, either, so seven outfield MLS players against OKC Energy, and they just... Well, they look like players that had never played together before, which I guess they haven't. But they have now. Well, they have, <laughs> they have, they have it. I mean, it's tough, but do you see the depth there to, to take this team to this next level? 
or are we going to make the playoffs and be one and done? I, I don't. I, I, well, I, I could see them doing well in the league if they focus on the league and doing well. And once the playoffs come, you know, that's all they'll be focusing on. And, and I think with what we have right now, we could be a competitive team, especially with our road form. It, the, this club is built to, to perfectly to do well on the road, especially in a playoff game or something like that. Soak up that pressure, try and try and catch one on the counter. Uh, I don't see our depth being good enough for CONCACAF Champions League. It makes me wonder if Robbo will maybe make a quick phone call to Siggy and say, hey, what are you playing? You you willing to, you know, drop some of the first teamers for... Because... And they have in the past. Yeah. They've placed a lot of second teamers. Like and team you'd have to think that that's what, what will happen and you'll have to just hope that your second... your your second string guys can do it against Olympia. Yeah. Uh, but... It, it, uh, there isn't the depth there to compete in all three competitions and win all of them. They're, like for me, it's essentially win the Voyagers Cup, make get a top four, and get some experience in Champions League. Because if you win the Voyagers Cup, you're going to be playing Champions League next year. You'll have that experience this year. It might help you next year. So those are the three where I would I would rank them. Like my glass last before. So before we wrap this up, I'll just go around ask you all out of the three competitions. What do you think we'll do in each one? And where do you think the Caps will finish in, in MLS in the picking order? Not how well they're doing the playoffs, but where they'll finish 1-10. to 10. In the West. Will they win the Voyagers Cup? And will they get through the group stages in the Champions League? Jay? I think that the White Caps will finish fourth in the league, or in the, in the Western Conference, uh, and make the playoffs. And I think they'll win a playoff game after that I don't know how far they'll go because I think the West is is strong I I think that they will crash out of the group stage in the CCL to Seattle uh, but I don't think that that's necessarily um, would be too surprising to anybody and I just have this funny feeling that the Whitecaps are going to lose to Montreal in the Voyagers Cup I, I don't know why don't shake it. I'm, it's not like I'm hoping for that, Zach. Don't look at me like that. I, it's just I, I have this you. funny because it's cursed. It, it maybe it's just cursed, and maybe some of that's getting into the to the mentality of the players. I, I don't know. I don't. You, I don't think that that Rivera really cares about it. The scrums. Yeah. Do, you think it, do you think it's cursed? Is it cursed? But at the same time, like I, I, I think that the Whitecaps at that time are going to have so much focus on so much other things, especially the league, how tight the West is going to be. Montreal, it, like, you know, the East is so easy. They could either be in third by then or they could be yeah. crashed out because That's they're really not a very good... So, I mean, they, they could be focusing solely on the Voyagers Cup again, especially yeah. with how well they did in the CCL this year. They might be motivated to get back into it for, for, a lot, for next year. Exactly. Um, uh, one, one comment I'll make on what Jay said, and I think we may have discussed this on previous podcasts, but I think we need to, and I don't know anything factually on this, and, and we'll probably make some inquiries, but we need to make sure uh, there, there are incentives for our players to win things like the Cascadia Cup, uh, the Voyagers Cup, and Champions. I assume there is for Champions League and playoffs and stuff, but for. Well, pride should be their incentive. No, I know, but. But, but I mean, these the are crest. the crest. I, I don't disagree with that, but I think I think there should also be other incentives for them as well. Um, but uh, I think that this is the year that we win the Voyagers Cup. That was a good Eric Eric Astley impersonation there, Michael. Um, uh, no, I think this is the year that we win the Voyagers Cup, and I think it's going to be an incredible night at BC Place on August twenty sixth. And um, MLS. 
Where do you think they finish? Well, in Champions League, in Champions League, oh, Champions League, Champions League uh, you know, uh, my, obviously my heart says we'll go through, but I, I, I could see something happening where we almost uh, Seattle, uh, Seattle and Vancouver almost knock each other out with like draws. You know, they draw yeah. each other in both games, and somehow and whoever well, beat, whoever does well against Honduras. No, I could see Honduras getting yeah. through. Oh, I, yeah, no, Olympia. I could see Olympia getting through based yeah. on that. Um, but obviously, I hope we we uh, we do win we do win the, the group uh, in MLS. I could really see us coming anywhere from, well, of course, in my, in my heart, I hope we, we win the supporter shield, but I could see us going anywhere one to five. Um, and part of me wouldn't mind seeing us come five to not start with that home home cup match and then win on the road and then have the home cup match. Um, and not that I'm not saying I want us to be fifth, but I could see that happening. Yeah, I see fifth place, uh, win the game on the road. I see Voyager's Cup win, and I see out of the group stage at Champions League this stage. Well, you're very optimistic. Yes. I think the Whitecaps will definitely make the playoffs. I see them finishing fourth. It's then going to be tough because it depends how well they do at home and then they've turned their home form round by then. But I think they'll get through it and I think then they'll be in a battle for the, the semi-finals and then after that it's basically it's a lottery because anything can happen t- at any time. Voyager's Cup, I do agree with Jay, I just don't think we're going to win it. I think that they're going to play a weaker team in that first leg in Montreal and I think it's going to cost them more than it did in the MLS play and they're going to lose by something like two or three goals. Champions League, I actually think they're going to get through because I feel that they've got the players with that Latin temperament that is made for that competition. And so they'll be able to draw penalties yeah. from the Congo. Yeah, because Kotokaf refs will give penalties to Rivero that he won't get him in MLS. So I, I think that that's going to be their best hope to do it. And then look forward to a pre-season tour of the UK to get them ready with some competitive games and then hit the quarterfinals of the Champions League. On the caps. So now it's time for everyone's least favourite game show, especially Zach. It's time for 30 Seconds to Mars. So we're back with part two. If you if you are on the edge of your seats after the last podcast, you'll know it's tentatively poised. We're going to say there's one point in it. We're going to say that Jay has a one-point lead. It's time now for the decider. Who is going to get the second half of the Mars bar? It was just cut in half. It didn't actually eat it or bite it in half. So, Steve, the first question. And, Zach, because you are trailing, you can go first or second. I'll go second. Okay. Jay. First question. If the Caps open up their pure strings, which player realistically would help the Caps inside or outside the MLS? Now, we're not counting players like Messi because obviously they're not realistically coming to MLS right Ralph away. Ralph said that about Beckham and Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, but they came over for retirement. So who's coming over? Who do you think, maybe inside MLS, who, who would help the team? Well, realistically, I'm going to say that nobody is going to come. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a little bit silly because I don't think that the purse strings will be opened. And if they do, what I think is going to happen is it's going to be a no-name player that that we've never heard of, a guy from South America somewhere. I could see some movement within within the MLS, but it's just so difficult with the way that contracts are worked and with the dollar values 
that it's so hard to work out a trade because of the salary cap. Six points for Jay there. I just and, and Zach so upset there, and he had the choice. He could have gone first, but I, th- I think Jay has made all his points. So, Zach, same question to you. Is there a player inside or outside MLS that you would like to bring in? Okay, I'm going to say, you, don't, you can give me zero points. I don't care. But I was going to say similar things to Jay in that we will not open up the purse strings Bing. because that is the culture within our club. There are people who are entrusted to be stewards of our club who have made their way uh, up in the club by simply doing that, by getting as much out of as little as possible as they can. And so they are not going to uh, take a risk in in, uh, now splashing some cash to bring in a a player of this this nature. However, if we do, I agree with Jay that uh, Carl Robinson will continue to use uh, the, the network that he's connected to to discover players um, uh, on a, a decent value, like he's done with, uh, you know, Pedro, you could say, Octavio, definitely, Diego Rodriguez, Sebastian Fernandez, these kind of lone or, or, or cheaper, uh, uh, cheaper level Seems players um, to, to bring in one of them to make a difference. <laughs> Lost track of the time there. So this is 30 minutes to Mars, and we're moving on to the next question. We'll give Zach five points there, so he's now trailing by two. So, Zach, you're first with this one. Which WFC2 regular player, like somebody who's been playing regularly with the team... Someone who's not already got a contract. Yeah. Is ready to be signed by the MLS. Which player has impressed you? Uh, I I would probably say Victor Blasco. I think that uh, one is he's a natural winger. And we're lacking for natural wingers outside of probably Christian and and Morrow in the first team. Uh, I think he's got some pace. I think he's got uh, some good technique and some good moves. Uh, I think that uh, he probably needs some more time to develop. But I think in the long run, I think he's probably the player with with, uh, this current crop with the the highest potential that already doesn't have an MLS deal. And I could see that that happening under the right circumstances. Just not sure if it'll happen this year. 30 seconds. Seven points. And Jay, you've watched a lot of WFC2 sitting there with your hot dog. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, Victor Blasco's got to be the guy. Uh, um, you can see just when you watch him. He's got the technical ability. He's got that, that in soccer IQ that could translate into the MS, uh, MLS level. Problem being is that he's got a little bit of the Kakuta Mane in him in that he will drift out of games at times and you'll, you'll see him playing extremely well and then you'll say, where did Victor go? Uh, but he's, he's definitely the guy who has what it takes, especially because the club right now doesn't have any true ringers and he can kind of play that role. Bing. So seven points for Jay. So there's still two points in it and very samey answers. <laughs> I have to say, so yeah. we're, we're going into the... Kind of defeats the purpose of everything. We're going into the last question. Jay gets to go first. He has a two-point lead. Will he sit back, defend what he's got, or will we go out to try and get the killer, killer blow in? Oh, so, so the third question, Jay. Where in the, West do the, in the Western Conference do the Caps need to finish in order to make a run at the MLS Cup? Does home field really matter to them? I do think that home field will matter by the end of the season. Uh, it hasn't really shown itself to be uh, it, that important yet because our home home form hasn't been as good as her away form at times. Bing. But the, the Whitecaps do need 
both on a club level as well as on the pitch. I think the, the Whitecaps need to, to get into the, the, those like top three positions if they want to make a long run. Bing. I think it's going to be tough. They're going to be really pushing on it. The, the, I think they'll end up third or fourth, but that Bing. home game would, would be a, a, a huge determining factor. Bing. So five points for Jay there. Zach, you need seven points here to draw, draw and eight points to win. Same question to you. Uh, the Caps need to finish in the top six positions to make a run at the Cup. Uh, uh, yeah, they just need to qualify for the Cup. Uh, that, that's the bottom line. Uh, form, at the, form at the time will, will be, uh, I think, a big factor. In terms of home, I don't think that home field plays an advantage except for probably money for the club and, and, the, and the bigger picture. I think that our waveform, we've shown how dangerous we can be on the road, and therefore I think playing on the road might actually be an advantage. Um, the biggest thing I think will be, uh, the biggest thing I think will be uh, how well things have gelled and how well we are playing together as a team at the time. So what's the final oh, result? It's a tie. Oh, tie. Who would have thought that? So let's, so let, let's go to a tiebreaker. Yeah, we've got a deciding question. And you both get an answer. And then I decide what my favourite answer is. And there's no bings. It's just an overall decision. So make sure. And it would help if you had listened to previous podcasts. So what I want to know is what is your favourite jam? Jay Duke first. Strawberry jam. And why? It's a, it's a very, Analyze the strawberry jam. It's a very <laughs> popular and delicious jam. Oh, so he's going for the populist answer. Zach, your favorite jam. I'm definitely going to have to go with the maple butter. Uh, I think that I think I only had it once, but uh, I think it's uh, delicious. I think it's very Canadian, uh, and I think it's awesome. Unfortunately, I'm not Canadian, so the winner of this 30 seconds to Mars is Jay Duke. With strawberry jam. For actually picking a jam. <laughs> is there, is there a back? You said you have to listen to the things. I listen to the things. That's what you talk about. Rhubarb. I like oh, rhubarb. Oh, right. Sorry. I knew that. I need a Mars bar. I need a bar to help me through the day. I need a Mars bar. That's so far. It helps me, makes me, longest to play. 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 So just before we wrap this episode up, we've talked a lot about what's coming up for the Whitecaps. We've talked a lot about the season so far. So if I was to go around the table, guys, and just ask in one word, what one word would you use to sum up the season? J. Almost. Good one. So Zach, what would your one word be to sum the season up so far? Potential. Progress. Steve goes with progress. And for mine, it's patchy. Flashes of browns and grandeur, disappointing games at the same time. Now, a question we threw out on Twitter was, if you were to sum the Whitecaps season up as a movie, what movie title would it be? So we've got a couple of responses. Richard Baldry at R. Baldry, he had two. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Sheet, good nod to the seven clean sheets there from David Usted. And Honey, I Shrank the Midfielder. Clear reference there for either Christian Teixeira or the fact that our midfield plays quite narrow sometimes. 
El Canico, at El Canico, he said the good, the bad and the ugly, which was very apt, I thought, because it basically sums up what we've seen in, in these matches so far. Shoe Thief, at Stuck in the Sofa, he said Twister, because it's been really unpredictable. Now, some of the ones which I thought of, uh, we could have Mad Max 2, Road Warriors. Ooh, oh. That's a good one. Meet the Fockers, for when we play Seattle in Portland. <laughs> Never Ending Story, which is a tale of another season of mischances. No Country for Old Men. Because they're all young players. Lost in Translation. Which nobody can speak English. No one can speak English on our team. And then you've also got the kind of mix up between Nick Romando and that RSL game. Yeah. Uh, we lost to DC, a BC play, so that's the damned United. And we talked about David Usted and uh, the whole defence, keeping all those clean sheets. The fantastic back four. It's not bad. I have one. Uh, I have Carlito's way. Oh. With Carl being hyphen, obviously. And it gives you a little bit of South American feel because it's Carlito. And it's obviously, every, it's Robbo's way or the highway. And the final movie title, which we'll give from Twitter... Chris Freeman at CF23Barca, he says Ted, because the Whitecaps drive us crazy at times, but after WFC2 and the Whitecaps in Colorado, we're Thunder Buddies for life. So that is it for this episode of the podcast, episode 117 in the bag. So before we wrap up, just we'll go around the table, let everyone know where they can find you online. Zach. Zachary Adam Eisenheimer, it's at Zachary AM on Twitter, and I'm a part of a movement called Kerma Collective. You can find me at on Twitter at JAY underscore Duke and writing for AFTN.ca. And you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And thanks again to Match Eatery at Public House. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Match Pub New West. And thanks to Jessica, our waitress this evening. Of course, yes. fantastic. Even with Zach being a pain. And now it's interesting. What? It was interesting, Zach, when you went, you said where they could find you. You didn't mention about the Vancouver Arm Wrestling Club that I believe you're a part of. Or is that not what Curva's logo is this year? Anyway, I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN, on AFTN.ca. Most of Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. So watch out for all our Whitecaps and Women's World Cup coverage that's coming up on AFTN over the remainder of this month and into July. So until next time, as always, thanks for listening everyone, take care, and mon the caps! When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the World Service of a Saturday afternoon, freckly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it, you know? Legendary names, fathers and sons, on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm? Ten minutes left, yeah, but...